Happy Sabbath, guys, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, you know who we are. are your day, your Sabbath afternoon scheduled conversation. Keep calm and Advent on. Um, with you know, you know our team, Jam, Jason, Andrew, Mitch, and today we do have a special guest. Um, I'll be we'll wait a little bit for her to introduce herself. But um, happy Sabbath, Andrew. How you doing, man? Doing all right. I'm a little bit nervous. No, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know our 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 special guest, but I feel like it's gonna be a three on one today. So I'm a little bit nervous on that. (laughs) I could just say it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. The prep for this got good. It was it was interesting talking about this 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 conversation. I'll say this much. We we got more. I would say likes on this on this subject than almost any other subject we've gotten so yeah exactly we're, we're gonna see how this yeah, goes we're gonna see um uh well on top of what today's conversation we actually um uh, already sent out our first two t-shirts and i i personally hadn't seen them like on besides what andrew wears but the pictures that we got of, of the of the two people that won the, the giveaway they look good I, like I wanted them. to show. I want to put them here on a, on a picture. I have them on my phone. I don't know if we should we wait till next week to show them, or should I just like uh, give a little peek through my phone? What do you guys? What do you, What do you think? Um, I say. I mean, I'm gonna post <laughs> it on Instagram. Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna do this. a little Chris, peek. That's Christopher right there. If there you we got Christopher, one of our winners, right there. And then um, we got our other picture right here with Jesse right there. There we go. You can kind of, it's hard to see, but <laughs> we'll have those pictures up next week. So you guys yeah, can see we'll, we'll put them during the week. I, I honestly think they're really nice shirts. I'm in the process of getting my, my own polo to, to, to get one just like Andrew's. Um, but yeah, um, if you guys want one, if you guys like what you're seeing, don't, for, don't, don't forget, hit us up on the Instagram and, um, and just ask, ask us um, what color you want. Well, more like tell us what color you want, what size you want. And we'll talk about it on there, how, how we could get the shirt out to you guys. So now um, we're just waiting for Mitch. I think he's having a, a few. Is he having uh, technical difficulties? Technical or, difficulties. Or, is he waiting, or is he waiting for us to uh, present him? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, can, you, can you guys hear me? You guys can hear me, right? We can hear, we can you. hear, you. hear you. You guys can hear me. All right. Well, look, no, I'm not. All right. I'm not. I'm not having any technical difficulties whatsoever. I'm just admiring the work that you guys are doing right now. It is great. <laughs> It is absolutely awesome. I, I think I think this needs to keep going. I'm just I'm just observing. By, by, by the by the way, I was I was a, I was opposed to this. They asked me if I wanted to do it, but Jason stepped up. I, I was the chicken on this one. No, no, for sure, uh, Jason. If, if you don't mind, I, I I there's a reason why the screen is off because uh, th- there is a special guest that we have today. Uh, do you do you mind if I introduce the special guest? Do you mind that, Jason? Uh, yeah honor is yours bro all right perfect well no look i mean i just i just want to introduce our special guest today um uh you know i've i've known this person for uh like 14 15 years now um actually 17 if i want to count all the way back when i met this person uh for the first time um and i'm excited because honestly in this conversation i'm not going to say a single thing okay in fact (laughs) In fact, I think I am not allowed to have all the answers. Yes. No, not because of that. It's because I may not be allowed to say a single thing on this conversation. (laughs) Look, I'll just turn on the screen. You guys are going to tell me someone's kind of going to finally put you on check. Somebody will finally. finally. (laughs) Yes. Somebody will put me on check. The the truth is, though, 
it's not that somebody will put me on check. It's that I am already on check. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I have to be at my best behavior now because our special guest today is none other than, uh, than my wife. Uh, as uh, I, I hopefully you guys can see, you guys see, yeah, I you guys can see. yeah, there we go, there we go, all right. Um, uh, yeah, my uh, Angie, my wife, uh, we've been married uh, now for going on to 12 years, 11 years, uh, for sure. It was this March, 11 years, and uh, we're going on. Tell us a little years. bit about yourself, Angie. Yes, please. I don't like to talk about myself. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, well, you know, I uh, am married to. Mitchell or Pastor Mitch, as he is called. Um, uh, let's see, I've grown up in the church all my life that I can remember. Uh, we have two beautiful children together. Yes, we do. Um, so I a third one, I'm, a third one. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Mitch's I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had, we, I haven't had sleep in like a, like a good night's sleep in like four and a half years, brother. I'm not sure. Yeah, you, you keep telling me that. You keep telling me that. We will give that our love to baby Noah. That's yes. where our love is going to go. Yes, so. yes, for sure. <laughs> what about the sleep? Will you guys donate that sleep? Absolutely not. No, no I'm still trying to get is, mine. Uh, that is mine. <laughs> uh, and anyways, yeah. So um, uh, as you guys know, um, we, uh, we've we been having different guests on, right? And uh uh, Jason, why don't you tell us why it is that Angie is on this conversation? Yeah, I really want to know, Jason. To be honest, it's, uh, I think I was like a voice for it to say it, but there's, there, at least there was two topics where I'm like, we have to have a woman's perspective on this. We have to have their voice being heard on that. Cause we've only had guys. And besides the fact that this one needed a woman on it, we just needed, we needed a woman on, on the conversation nonetheless. Hey, I'm just gonna say I I called Mitch throughout the throughout the week, and I was thinking about this, and I was talking to uh to Jazz, obviously my wife, who would have gladly been on here, but she's more pregnant than than you guys can imagine. She's <laughs> she's due any second now. We could say that, and I told Mitch we gotta have someone on here, and my my original suggestion was obviously Angie, and, he, and the, his first response was I don't know if that can happen. I said, well, though, who do we get? And I and I was I was short of answers so we couldn't think of any of it and we were putting all our eggs in one basket so so thankfully just, you joined can I just us. yeah can i just tell you that i was uh um i was totally wrong because i asked her she's like yeah sure i'll do it so uh you know so here we go <laughs> well i asked him what was what's the topic and he said relationships so i said okay i think i can do this one so you weren't giving her enough credit is what you're telling me <laughs> uh, i'll tell you angie right here i call I, I called him i told him hey you think you can have angie i don't know man I don't, I don't think so, man. She has, she has all these things. Like uh, he was giving me all this long list. I'm well, like, dude, are you it's serious? Been a, it's been, a, it's been a busy week, but you know, she's pulling through. So yeah, well, it's always like where, you know, who's going to take care of the kids if we we're both doing something like this. So the good thing is, you know, the kids are playing with their, with their cousin. So, you know, they're, oh. they're uh, I was going to say, they're not they're running free, are they? They're taken care of. They're not out there just, you know, on their own. So this so. is, this is as close. They're not protesting I mean, out there, are they? Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, no, no, they're not. But I can tell you, this is probably as close as we can get to a date. Uh, so this is, so this is great for, for the us, meantime, you know I mean? for the meantime, for the meantime. Yeah. Well, I know, but right now the kids are small, but anyways. Uh, so yes, we have Angie. We got an awesome conversation. So Jason, talk to us a little bit about what's going on. All right. Well, before we before we start, should we have a word of prayer? Yeah. All right. You want, you want to do the, the honors, Andrew? All right. Let's let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask you once again, Lord, that uh, you would be with us on this conversation, Lord. We know that this is not an easy task. 
as we are trying to represent you in the best way possible. We all come from uh, different perspectives, different biases, uh, different upbringings, Lord, and um, different relationships altogether, Lord. And we know that ultimately uh, all of us are seeking to please you in the in our relationships, Lord. And we're just trying to uh, transmit um, some of the, the failures in our relationships and some of the pos positive things in our, in our failures, Lord, and ultimately try to help the young people navigate uh, uh, in, in this modern day society uh, with, with all the things that the relationship throws at us uh, today. Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would guide uh, this conversation and be with us all. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank amen. you, Andrew. Amen. Now, the, the, the title, first of all, the title that we chose, it, huh. even that, even that we had a little debate on it, what we should choose, but we chose yoked. Now, um, who wants to explain why we chose yoked? Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, look, well, first of all, I designed that, that promo and I had a blast doing it. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, but part, tell you who, who told you about that? <laughs> uh, well, well, no, this, there was this weird thing about having a balance between like this really <laughs> buff guy and this little girl and i just thought that was really weird but we what? made it work we made it work andrew just for you but yeah for sure um yoked actually comes from something that scripture talks about actually in a number of ways in, in a number of uh of different texts but in particular when it comes to relationships and we're gonna get to that verse in a little bit obviously uh but uh it, it's it's a text that's found in second corinthians and um it it literally talks about being yoked and in fact i, I think uh, a little bit later, I'll, I'll, I'll probably show an image because I have this image just to be able to illustrate this. Unless you guys want me to show it right now, because I can, I can show it right now. You guys want to see what? Yeah, what yeah. It, what okay. it is. break it down for us. Okay. Um. So, well, first of all, I got to find the image. But anyways, so the idea behind a yoke is that um, you have a um, uh, uh, this piece of wood that would connect two animals uh, with each other. So. Um, let's see if I can pull this up a second here. Give me one second. Uh, perfect. Here we go. So, and let's share this so you guys can see it. There we go. So hopefully you guys can see that. Um, I, I believe it should be full screen for us and uh, for everybody watching us, uh, you should be able to see two pictures, uh, two oxen, and then what we know as a yoke. And the idea behind the yoke is that this is something that actually would tie the two animals together and it would help carry uh, the burden or push uh, the load, whatever it was that they were doing as animals, maybe it was farming, but this, instead of it being uh, on only one animal, this would actually split the weight and two of these animals would be able to carry this out. Now, the Bible talks a lot about uh, yokes as burdens upon mm -hmm. the people because you guys can see right this would be uh you would put this on the animals and then there would be this huge burden yeah, what if you were load. to put a, a donkey and an ox together would that work yeah well no and, <laughs> and this is where we're going to i i don't want to get into that point yet because i think obviously we're going to talk about that in a second but the idea here was that you would have two equally strong and same sized animals right yoked together and this would make the job correct. Now, again, I don't want to jump ahead because I know we're going to talk about what it means to be unequally yoked. But this is the idea, just so you guys can get a, a visual of what it means. Well, it to seems be like they're take they're like both carrying equally the the load, right? That's on on the picture right now. The they picture. are for sure. Yeah, and that's that's that you would say that this is equally yoked, right? Correct. That's that's the idea there. All right, so behind the whole idea of being equally yoked and whatnot, well, I mean, if you see right there, like, I mean, probably because we've talked about this topic for, for throughout the week, we had our conversation on Monday, like, the first thing that comes to my head 
being yoked and like being Christian and seeing it so many times in the Bible is relationships. Mm. Now with that in mind, like why are relationships so important to a Christian? I'm, I'm assuming this question goes to Angie because yeah. we, we always, hey, it's a, tradi- it's a tradition here that we, we allow guest special guests to answer that first. That is correct. Well, um, they're important. I mean, we have, we can go start from the very beginning. I mean, God established the importance of relationships. So, I mean, as believers in, in Christ, we follow his example. So if God put the importance on relationships, um, then, you know, we need to follow that example. So as Christians, you know, I always look at Christ as my example. Um, when he was here on earth, he didn't share the gospel on his own. I mean, he didn't go city to city and spread, you know, the message on his own. He, he took 12 disciples, 12 fishermen that he was going to, uh, take with him throughout and and spread the word the message i mean he could have done it by his own but i think in that instance he already was trying to show the importance of relationships taking these 12 men um that he ended up you know forming relationship as friends and becoming almost a family um that that he took as he was you know he 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 spread his message uh, in his ministry so I think, you know, even the relationship between Christ and God, you know, as God uh, showed his love through Christ, we see that type of relationship. So I, I think there, there's just different types of relationships, but I think they're all important in the eyes of, of the Lord. And I think um, that as Christians, not only as, you know, uh, relationships within our family, relationships with our friends, with our sh- our church members, but all types of relationships, I think, are are important because that is the way that we are able to demonstrate the love, love, which is going to be the key word, I think. Here, we demonstrate love for one another, as you know, the verse says, "Love God and love thy neighbor." So, I want to I want to jump in there real quick because um, I think it's very important that we really do go back to the very beginning. Um, the, the example of, of many of the things that we have spiritually are based in Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 2, aside from the creation of man and woman, Adam and Eve, what we have in Genesis chapter 2 is a moment where God says, this is Genesis 2.18, I have it right in front of me. Uh, Adam apparently has been created before Eve at this moment. And God looks down upon Adam and he says, it is not good that man should be alone. And to me, that is a fascinating phrase, right? Because everything that God does is perfect. Everything that God does is good. Everything in Genesis chapter one, he looks at it, evaluates it, says it's good, except for this. And I think that's on purpose, right? He did this intentionally. It was not a mistake. God does not make mistakes. So it was meant to be intentional so that as humans, we can see the need for relationships. Um, and so he says, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make him a helper comparable to him. Now, of course, this eventually leads to husband and wife, but I think in a, in a very short way, right from the very beginning, God says to be alone is not a good thing, right? Relationships are important for the sanity of somebody, for the psychological health, for the social health of the individual. And this is even before sin, right? Before sin, God wanted to make sure that there were relationships present. So um, in, in regarding to why relationships are important for spiritual lives, I would argue that it's because this is the way God designed us. Like God literally designed us so that we would thrive with relationship, right? Not by ourselves, not in solitude, but with relationships. Yeah. I mean, 
it clearly says it from the beginning it is not good for man to be alone. And I mean, if we look at it from a, from a, like a scientifical and uh, psychological process, like it is not good for a person to be alone. Like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times, like people lose their sanity from spending so many times alone. I mean, um, there's been so many um, experiments that I've read on online or different like things that have happened online where people spend their time secluded and from being secluded, they come out completely different. Their, your mind is so powerful when you're by yourself that it, it can make a person go crazy. Yeah. Um, just wanted to add, I'll actually, I'm, I wanted to push back on all of you guys, but I'm going to do that a little bit later. Just do it but, right now, um, brother. Just do it right <laughs> no, now. No, no, no. Just go right now, man. You can't tease us. Get to, that, like get to that. that point later. Because because right. I, I agree with you guys that, that absolutely, you know, God said it's not good for man to be alone. And there's definitely uh, a part, you know, um, of unity that the Bible talks about, right? And that that we ourselves um can can relate to when God uses that word ehad for unity, right? Right. Let um when he talks about a man leaving his wife and they shall become one flesh. That that yeah, word leaving, there leaving is his parents, ehad, leave, meaning, yeah, leaving meaning his parents, one parents. in unity, right? Yeah, and we yeah. can see that all across the entire Bible where it talks about unity. Um, you know, uh, when we're, we're talking about in the lesson uh, today, you know, uh, about the Holy Spirit, about how Jesus was even being able to be more effective when he left, and the fact that the unity that he brought when the Holy Spirit was able to enter us as individuals exponentially just allowed the, the ability of love and unity to spread that much more. Um, I think relationships are, are huge. And I, I actually want to um, read this, uh, this, uh, this quote I have here from Ellen White, right? Because we're talking about relationships in general, right? But I want to kind of uh, make this uh, kind of zero in on uh, what we're talking about today about romantic or would you say, you know, the person that you're going to choose forever, right? Um, it says, and it says, if those who are contemplating marriage would not have miserable, unhappy reflections after marriage, they must make it a subject of serious, earnest reflection now, right? I just want to stop there because I know I talked to you earlier this week, Mitch, about how important I think marriage is and how lightly I feel it is taken, right? Uh, says this step taken unwisely is one of the most effective means of ruining the usefulness of young men and women. Life becomes a burden, a curse. No one can so effectually ruin a woman's happiness and usefulness and make life a sickening burden as her own husband. These are strong words. And no one can do one hundredth part as much to chill the hopes and aspirations of a man to paralyze his energies and to ruin his influence and prospects as his own wife. It is from the marriage hour that many men and women date their success or failure in, in, in this life and their hopes of the future life. I wish I could make the youth see and feel their danger, especially the danger of making unhappy marriages. Marriage is something that will influence and affect your life both in this world and the world to come. It says few have correct views of marriage, of the marriage relation. Many seem to think that it is to to, that it is the attainment of perfect bliss, but they could not know one quarter of the heartaches of men and women that are bound by the marriage vow. And I'll just stop there because we can continue with this quote. I think this is huge when we think about relationships, especially if we believe that the relationship between man and woman is something that has been given to us from God, right? We say, we, we look at the Bible and we don't see much about dating for that fact because we, we know that 
marriage itself, if we are dating, if we're courting, then that's with marriage in mind. And we see this seriousness. And I think it's huge because she says that our life is on the line when we talk about choosing our marriage partner for good or for bad. In another quote, she talks about it, our salvation being on the line. So I think that when we're talking about romantic, especially uh, relationships, but romantic relationships, I think that it's important what we're going to be talking about today in choosing that and the seriousness of it. Couldn't, couldn't you, uh, Andrew, couldn't you just go in and say then, forget relationships altogether. It's too difficult or it's too serious or it's too, it's too fatal. Because I think, I, then, I think that's because I'm, I'm, I want to get an answer from you. Then I would, <laughs> then I would say this, then I would say this to you. What is the Christian walk like? I think the one of the best yeah. analogies that we use when it comes to the Christian walk is the relationship, right? Just because something gets hard doesn't mean that you give up. Just because it, the the beauty of attaining a relationship with God is almost was something that you can you can parallel to the beauty of having a relationship with someone else in the in the sense that it's the Christian walk is not easy. We're going to fail. We're going to make many failures. But just because there's many failures in the Christian walk doesn't mean that you give up on being a Christian or having a relationship with God. It makes the relationship that much more beautiful. You're able to understand that relationship more beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautifully. And I think that the same applies to the relationship that we have with our spouse or our wife. Just because, you know, it gets hard or there's trials doesn't mean that we give up on something. As a matter of fact, I think it becomes more beautiful. The fact that there are struggles, the fact that there are failures and how we um, how we uh, come through those uh, uh, failures together. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to let I mean, <laughs> well, I, I don't want to get in trouble here. So I, I think you do have a point. I, I was just thinking about, you know, it, the what you were saying that the analogy between, you know, the relationship that we have with God and with that of a man and a woman, right? Uh, and it almost seems like they're kind of similar because, you know, as you, as you date someone, as you care for someone, just like we do with Christ, um, we start learning that we put ourselves second and we put that person, the other person first. And I think that that is kind of, what I think the model that God wants us to have with him, right? As we learn, learn to love God more, we put him first and we put ourselves second. Um, and don't we do that when we love someone? Don't we do now take, you know, uh, put ourselves second and we put them first, even with, you know, for those that have children. But, you know, as you get into that phase of life, you do the same thing. See, and, I, and, look, and I, oh, yeah, go for it. No, no, because I because I, I just wanted and 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 Jason, this is this is going to go back to what you said uh, first, uh, because I, I I hear Andrew, and I hear Angie perfectly, and I agree with them one hundred percent, but I think it still comes down to an even much more basic level. I'm not even talking about a relationship between man and woman necessarily, or a marriage relationship. I think that is what we're going to talk about, right? But but why are relationships so important to spiritual lives? And we're talking about all relationships in general, because this is the way we were designed. We were created this way. In fact, we were made in the image of God. And the Trinity is a relational unit, right? It is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit related to each other. And because of that, our spiritual lives are directly affected, directly affected by the relationships that we hold or do not hold. We could go the route of monasticism, by the way, like literally. 
the route of monks and nuns, where the idea is to live in solitude, right, in relation with God. And yet, Scripture doesn't point to anything like that, right? It is true that there were many that lived a very solitary life in service to God, but it wasn't that they didn't have any relationship with any other people. So, I mean, I, I just want to make sure that we set a foundation to what, what, what you, Angie, and what you, Andrew, are talking about, which is what Jason was saying, that this is really applicable to all relationships, right? Every single one of them has an effect on our spiritual lives. Every single one. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll push back then at, at this time then, if, if we're going to go that. So are you telling me that it is meant for everyone to be in a relationship? For sure. Absolutely. 100%. You, you believe that that to God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Every, but I think we have to clarify that. What kind of relationship are you talking about? Because well, I'm, I'm I mean, talking about, okay, compare, are we talking about romantic or are we talking about just relationships in general? Well, in general, yeah. I thought we were talking in, about in, okay. in, in, in general. Okay. See, that's why I wanted to wait for this, this, no. and, I'll, and I'll, and I'll get back to this. No, in, in general, because I think when we jump into the idea of being unequally yoked, we have to we use that text generally to speak about romantic relationships, which is what we need yeah. to talk about. Right. But that same principle would apply to all relationships, no matter what, whether that's a friendship, whether that's a, a, a family in itself, right. Having friends sure. like, like we, we, as a, as a, as a family unit, right. My wife, uh, my kids and myself who we associate with as well with other families also affects. And so that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, uh, re regarding romantic relationships, obviously we. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. But, much more no, specific. yeah. Just wanted to quickly. No, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Relationships are, if we believe that God is, His main attribute is love, right? Mm -hmm. And this idea that God is one, He has He is a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? The eminence of what love is, right? And then we see that that God says. We are, I will that we will make them in our own image, right? The idea that God will make us in His own image, and the idea is that they would that they should understand relationship, and ultimately that we should understand love, right? And what is the greatest way that we understand love but accept the relationship? And I'm not talking about uh, the love that that we're going to be talking about uh, later today, but I'm talking about unconditional love, whether someone does something wrong to you or not, right? The agape love that we that we preach so much. But anyways. I mean, also, I think like something that we have to mention too, if we're gonna, when we're comparing human relationships and our relationship with God is about spending time. Like if you're trying to get to know someone like Mitch and Angie, I'm sure when you guys are getting to know each other, you guys spent a lot of time together, right? Our cell phone right. bills were crazy, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, was, that was pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to, to build you that. You have relationship. to. And it, it goes the same way when it comes to God, to get to know God, to get to know your creator, to have a relationship with him you have to get spend time with them. And that's through the Bible, through prayer, through, through having your devotional. And it's the same thing with the person you have to get to, to get to know anybody, not just your romantic, your, the per person you're trying to eventually marry, but also even your friends. Are you really going to call someone a friend if you don't know them? No, right. You have to spend time with them. And that's the thing about relationships. Relationships are something that it's cultivated. It's not something that just, I personally believe it's not, you can't have a relationship with someone that like from like, like out of nowhere, it's something that takes time to build. Maybe it takes a couple months or something, but it's something that you put time into. Right. I think every relationship is like a, like a seed, you know, you put that little seed and the more you cultivate it, 
the more the relationship grows. That seed grows into into a big flower uh, or into a big tree. I mean, but how does it grow? You cultivate it. Every relationship, I think, you have to cultivate in some way, shape, or form. Before before yeah. we continue, we have we have a couple of shout outs that I want to put out here. We yeah. see that that Angie is a they have, there's a Angie there's a big fandom for you right here. <laughs> we have uh, Jesse says yay hi Angie. We have another one uh, Maria Elena that says happy Sabbath. I'm glad to see Angie girl power. I Look think that. that's what they need now. Girl kidding. power. Oh yeah, snap! I guess we did do something good in having having Angie join us today. You know, Thanks you, for the shout out. You know what? Hey. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. We should just replace Angie with me. Like, like just. just you like, know what's so you funny? You know, just let her. He, he's so funny. Uh, so he before we went on air, he's like he he looks over and tells me, you know, this is our first live stream live stream together. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> you guys had a serious, you guys had a serious and, moment there. And that, yes, <laughs> and apparently, and apparently, it is more successful uh, than any other live stream that I've done. So look at that. I, there we go. Hey, and I want to mention one more. Uh, uh, Marcy actually says here, "Happy Sabbath, Jamma." J A M A. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the official. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Now, guys, I want to I want to see if we can just. Uh, start honing in on the conversation that that Andrew definitely uh, was was trying to point to, but but can we take a look at Second Corinthians six, um, and and look at this at this verse that I think is so the Bible important. Came off. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the Bible did come off, Andrew. Good job. Well, we're happy to we're happy oh, to see no. that the Bible hey, it's getting serious now. Yeah. So and and I just want to read very quickly verses 14, 15, and sixteen, and just kind of get what you guys understand as being unequally yoked because that's what the text will say right uh so this is second corinthians 6 14 15 and 16 uh and scripture says uh do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has christ with belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever and what agreement has the temple of god with idols for you are the temple of the living God. And I'll just leave it right there because there's obviously more that comes with this text. So um, th there's this phrase that is very common, by the way, in Christian circles, generally speaking, unequally yoked, right? And again, you guys already know the idea of a yoke, this, this wooden harness, right, that gets attached to, to animals. It, it, we're using that imagery, right, to talk about this idea of relationships. But how do you guys see this? How do you guys see what it means to be unequally yoked based on what we just read on Scripture? I mean, when you just look at, when you just look at like the picture that you showed us, if those two oxen were different sizes, do you guys want to see it again? You guys want to see it again? <laughs> you can put it again. But if those, like, two, yeah, those, those that... two were different, if, the, if they were different sizes, if one was more muscular and the other one like skinnier or something like that, obviously the load is going to go on one of them more. So like it, it, it already kind of gives the idea of what it's talking about. Like, it means when both people are different, like different beliefs in this matter. Yep, like there it, there it is, there it is. Yeah, there you go. See right there, they're the same size. They're gonna be able to pull the same weight. Mm. Um, and in a relationship when both of you guys, uh, this is how I see it. When both of you guys have the same, the same um, core values, the same, um, the same beliefs, the it, everything just works together. Everything runs smoothly, you know? But once you guys start one, if one of them believes something completely different, one of them, let's say, is less observant of the Sabbath. One of them has different ideologies about marriage and whatnot. Things begin to clash and things aren't going to run smoothly. 
Hey, but yeah. by the way, uh, Andrew, before you answer real quick, uh, again, shout out to everybody that's that's joining us right now. Uh, we do have a discussing question for you that we want to start getting your answer because we're going to. Oh, yeah, that's right. A little bit. Yes. What's that question, Jason? Uh, to be honest, I forgot. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but you, OK, no, I'm going to remember what? you. I'm what happened? Remember you. But there is. But there is. There is. There is a question. OK, there is a question. It, I remember yes, that. No, I don't remember what you were talking about. Yes, we were talking about this. Um, the question is, is it OK for Christians to flirt? OK, oh, we're going there already. OK, <laughs> for Christians to flirt. Hey, Matt, That's a discussion we're, we're question. Everywhere. No, we're not jumping. We're not going to talk about that right now. We just want just in the comments. We want, we want, yeah, oh, let we it marinate. Let it marinate. Guys. That's correct. Think about it. Once you got an answer, put it in the chat. We want to know what you think. But let's go back to this idea uh, of of being unequally yoked. I know Andrew, you were going to say something. No, um, yeah, kind kind of going back to what we we're saying. You know, before we even go to the other part of this, right? Um, being unequally yoked. You know, I, I see from my own experience, from, um, not from my own personal experience, but people around me, family members, um, you know, who I remember I have family that, that are really close who at one point were, were always at church, you know, um, to, to some extent, right. We're always at church. And now like fast forward, like 10 years, they're no longer in church. Um, I know they have they, the family members that, that, that struggle with, um, with their non-believing partner, you would say one, we could say one who is a, a, a Catholic and one is, is Christian. Right. And this is the thing about this, you know, we take, so let's go back to taking marriage. So seriously, if we believe that marriage is something so serious, then dating and courting is something so serious. We, we, in this modern day society feel like we can just explore. And it's, and it's just this, uh, this big dating game. Right. And if we don't take it serious, like uh, like the Bible or even Ellen White. If you ever ever read uh, Adventist Home, you could highlight the whole entire entire book. But the after effects are something that you never see. It's kind of like throwing a pebble in the in, in the in the water, right? There's so many ripples, but you would not be able to see the 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 effects currently in its in its current state, right? While dating the the um uh the things that were going to happen later, right? You don't take in, in, into account. Uh, uh, someone's uh, religious background, for instance, like we're saying, uh, I, I've seen this happen where, you know, uh, one person was Catholic and all of a sudden um, the, the, the person that's in the relationship, there is a, there's a, how would you say, a tension between the two because one wants to go get them baptized by, by the priest and the other one is torn between the two because he's, he says, the, the person says, oh, well, you know, I, I'm a Christian, right? But all of a sudden, now you start to see when your children come, you didn't see the, the, the effects right away. But now when when the children come and you want to teach your kid, of course, what you believe is is right, all of a sudden is now being compromised. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you compromise there and say, OK, you know what, I'll let the kid be baptized there. But we're also going to do it in our church. Right. And then five, five years later, you fast forward, all of a sudden, you no longer even see the person in church. Right. Because you want to, you want to bring your kids to church, but you know that if you bring that up, that brings the attention, that brings the argument, and it leads to all kinds of different things. And that's just one part that we can that we can get into. But you can see that there's something about dating and courtship that has to be taken serious, that we cannot see that that will take effect later on in the relationship. Yeah, I think the, I think the verses, you know, it's uh, is pretty clear. It, it says, "Do not be." Um, what did it say? Un unyoked. To not be yoked. To not yeah. be un to not be uh yoked. yoked. 
together with together with non-believers. I have it here. I don't know why I'm tongue twisting here, but I think you both have uh, especially, you know, hit the mark with, I mean, it, in, when you're starting a relationship, I don't think you think about these things of, you know, uh, if you come from different religious backgrounds or, you know, all these different, because you're just kind of almost just going through a, through a love face. But if we really stop and think, I mean, you have to, like you said, think about the effects of what will your relationship relationship look like five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, what is it that, you know, you will give to your kids and it, and it comes to the core values. I think when you are not, uh, sharing those core values as a Christian, you really have a hard time trying to come to a place where you both, you know, agree with. And that be and that really is dangerous when you end up, you know, forming your family because then those core values have to be then now passed on to your kids. And what will those be if you have if you don't share those uh equally? You know, I just think it gets it's very hard to have a relationship with with um you know, with a non-believer. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think this is such common sense, uh, which, which, which for the record, Ellen White says that one of the things that we need the most in relationships are common is common sense. But, th- but this, this seems so obvious to me. Like, uh, can you imagine saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to invest in season tickets for a sports team, but Someone is is all for, let's say, the Lakers and someone is for the Celtics or, you know, someone uh, goes for the Cowboys and someone else goes for like the 49ers or the Eagles or something like you're, you. You have you have opposing points of views. And obviously I pull out sports because that's, I, I, you know, I, I understand a lot of life is illustrated in sports, but you could do this to anything. Like, can you imagine somebody that just hates one thing? The other person loves this other thing. Put it together. What's going to happen? Right. You're going to have conflict. And so to me, uh, what the text says is so common sense. You would not you would uh, imagine this for a second. Right. Imagine here you are. You believe in God. And then there's somebody out there who worships Satan. Tell me how the relationship would go. Right. How would you even be a friend with this person? How would you even talk about things if if if. If there isn't this idea of, and by the way, when you look at scripture, right, this idea of equally yoked or unequally yoked, it gives you a number of examples. When you look at the text, uh, the text says, for example, uh, believing or unbelieving, right? That's that's one way you can be unequally yoked. There's the righteousness and lawlessness. Imagine somebody who believes that uh, you should obey God, and there's somebody who says that you should rebel on everything that God says. Like that doesn't make sense. Um, it, it says light or darkness. By the way, perfect example, light and darkness do not mix. The presence of light expels darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. They cannot be present in the same place. Um, Christ or Belial, that means one God or or, or a false God. Uh, again, believer or unbeliever. The temple of God with idols. Like it, it, it to me, um, what scripture says here to be unequally yoked makes perfect sense. Um, and, and I want to echo what you guys are saying right now as well. I, you know, I've, I've had to do premarital counseling to other young couples and right before they're getting married. And to me, it's so difficult to be able to counsel anyone, uh, about getting married and living a life together when you don't believe the same things or you don't value the same things. Andrew, I thought you brought a perfect example when you said, Hey, what about the Sabbath? What about baptizing the child? Right? One says you should baptize. The other one doesn't. What that does is open the door to conflict 
that is not easily resolved, by the way, not easily resolved. That's the issue. You may resolve it, but it's not easily resolved. And every single time you jump into these difficult uh, uh, conflicts over values, morals, principles, we're not talking about does do you like vanilla and do you like chocolate? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things that affect your entire life. Uh, that that's 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 playing with fire. It's playing and, with fire. And I do think that you know Satan's pretty smart about you know making us uh, almost. It makes it's common sense, but a lot of times. You know, if someone is looking for a relationship or somebody in their life, well, Satan can bring somebody that looks, you know, that's perfectly physically, uh, but doesn't share those mm -hmm. core values. Um, and so that could be uh, some uh, something that the devil knows so that you fall into a relationship that ultimately will maybe stray you from God. Absolutely. And I'll share briefly, briefly, when I was in college, and I've shared this before with Mitchell, when before we dated, I real quick, this is, you know, just because it kind of is relevant, but I was praying to God for, you know, to find somebody in my life. And, you know, there was this um, young, uh, a fellow classmate in one of my, one of my classes, and we started, you know, having study groups together. And, and he started to like me, I, I started to like him. But the thing is, he, I mean, he believed in, he believed in, in Christ, but he didn't go to church. He was not Adventist. I mean, I went to La Sierra University, but, you know, it, it, he was not. He was not. So, you know, we started getting really close, starting talk and here and there. And then one day he tells me he, re he likes me. Um, and I, rem I was pretty strong in, 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 my, in my core values. And, you know, I, I was attracted to him physically. But I, I said, you know, um, I, I told him I like you, too, but I don't. I don't think this will work. I said, because you, you know, you party, I, I hear you go to parties, you drink. And, and, and that is not something that I grew up around. Um, and I go to church and I, and, and, and you don't have that. We, we don't share that. I told him. And I remember still today that what he tells me, the next thing he says, um, well, you know, I am willing, he said, I am willing to change all of that for oh, you. Oh. And, you know, I, I remember telling him, you're willing to do what? He's like, I'm willing to go to church for you. I'm willing to stop drinking. I'm willing to stop going to parties and all this for you. And I said, and I remember telling him, it doesn't work like that. I mean, you can't change because of me. You got to change for, for God. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, mm -hmm. short story, uh, going, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but Yes, yes, thank you. I'm not a big fan of the story. <laughs> so, I just want to let you know. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I, at that same time, you know, I was praying for someone and then, you know, in praying, God closed that door. And, it, and it's fascinating when you put yourself um, and you ask God for that, for that someone. And I think we're going to touch on that later. But um, it God, God really was, was helping me through that through that, you know, time as I was looking for someone, but it was just funny that he told me that because it, uh, it just reminds me that, you know, the devil is smart and sometimes he will, he will try to just put someone that you, you know, physically attracted or whatever, and is not the person for you. Jason, Jason, Andrew, real quick. Do you, do you guys find, no, no, I want to ask you, cause I think this is what you're going to say, but don't you find that problematic when somebody says, uh, I'll change for you. That, that's yeah, that's actually something I was I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> that is because it sounds nice. And if you're and if you really like the person and all that, sometimes that might sway you. 
And it, 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 can, it can make it like, okay, then like, yeah, let's do that. But when you're really focused on God, you say, like, okay, but that person's trying to change for me, not because they legitimately want to have a relationship with God. And I think that's, that's, that's what we have to like, especially for, for all our, for all our young and single um, uh, um, viewers, if, if that person is telling you that, but like, I mean, you really see that they're not trying to legitimately have a relationship with God. Danger. A little flag. Can, can, Stay can, away. I give, can I give something biblical to, to, to uh, back this up? I think that was a, an excellent point. And I want to say that the very first sin that we see from humankind is a man putting a woman above God. Preach. A preach, man putting... Preach what a woman wanted above god and this can go vice versa i'm not saying that it's the woman that it could have been the the man or, the, or, or vice versa what i'm trying to say is that if we are putting the other person above god that changes the up and down the vertical right. completely right and and it messes the, it distorts the relationship completely because now you've made an idol of that person right now now you put that person above above god even Right. And we see that. And this is one of what I want to lead to, to our next question. Right. Because this can happen. Of course, we say, oh, well, the, the, the illustration that Angie was was using, we would say some, to some extent, that's common sense. Right. A believer and an unbeliever. But is this possible to happen even in a believing relationship? Because we say uh, to be unequally yoked, we say we have difference in beliefs right i go i'm maybe i'm catholic and you're you know christian and we say oh well we have different beliefs we're going to be unequally yoked it's not going to work out we don't believe the same thing but my next question is is it possible to be unequally yoked with a believer someone who believes the same thing as you what do you guys think that's it i think that's a that's a great question but I, i think we would have to define what believer is right because that's 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 what i was wondering as well um uh, look, for sure, you can get you can stray away from God outside and inside the church. Do we agree with that? Yeah, you guys all agree with that, right? It, I mean, it can happen anywhere, no problem. Um, but uh, I think that uh, the idea here is that if a believer is someone who has a strong relationship with God, if that's what we mean, someone who's who lives their life in faith, uh, I don't think that you can be unequally yoked if you feel the same exact thing. But if a believer is what we generally understand a believer to be, which is just a nominal Christian, someone who says, I believe in God, right? Or I believe in Jesus, that doesn't necessarily make them a believer. But let's just say that's what we mean. And I, I think that's where you're trying to get to. And, and, and that's what like, we say as a church sometimes. Oh, just sure. date someone within the church. That's what we, we push exactly. sometimes. Exactly, exactly. I, I think there's a problem. Now, um, I, I would even say that it, it doesn't even become something about spirituality necessarily. You can even see someone who has a strong relationship with God, who is on a completely different level in life, who has different goals, who has different values, maybe even culturally different. And I'm not against uh, uh, um, uh, intercultural relationships, but even that can be a, a challenge, right? And so the idea is that you can be unequally yoked with anyone inside the church. It is absolutely possible, right? And, and, and I think, I, I'm sorry to say common sense again, but I think it is common sense that we all think differently. Therefore, you can be unequally yoked with someone at some point, even inside the church. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think the sad thing is that sometimes we, we tell our young people, as long as they're in the church, you know, just find someone and we'll go like miles and miles to, to vocal our voice and say, please just find someone in the church. And we'll see the young person go with someone in the church as a parent or someone older will say, oh, awesome. They got with someone in the church, not realizing that it goes much deeper than that. It's not just are they in the church? You know, as a matter of fact, Ellen White in Adventist Home uh, writes this. Hundreds have sacrificed Christ and heaven in consequence of marrying unconverted persons. Can it be that the love fellow and fellowship of Christ are of so little value to them that they prefer the companionship of poor mortals? Is heaven so little esteemed that they are willing to risk its enjoyments for one who has no love for the precious Savior? The key there is unconverted persons and love for the precious savior just like you were saying someone who is it is possible to be in church like i was telling mitch to be in church and be unconverted i was i was in the church 28 years where i believe i was unconverted where i was in church but i was not converted Mm -hmm. and i think that that's something where we have to analyze ourselves right this is not something that we just push on someone else and say oh you know Does he go to church? Is he converted? No. First, we have to examine ourselves and say, wait, hold up. Am I converted? Like the Bible says, examine yourself. See if you be in the faith. As Paul writes, we have to take that that part in a relationship and not just say, push everything on the other person. Oh, is that person ready? But say to ourselves, are we ready? Do I have a relationship with God? Am I a converted person? I'm actually very glad you said that because that's actually a point I wanted to get to. That sometimes... um, uh, be it a guy or be it a girl, we're praying consistently like, oh, look, I want I want my significant other to be to have a relationship with God, to like have this, have that. But then the person themselves isn't achieving that goal, isn't trying to achieve that, uh, that either. And I think that's somewhere where we should step back like, hey, is the person is the, the qualities of the person that I'm asking for? Is it something that I can reciprocate? Is it something that that I can do as well myself? Because if you're asked, if you yourself don't have a relationship with God and you're not, you're not earnestly seeking to get closer to him, but you're asking for someone that is, it's never going to happen. Cause that person that is earnestly looking for God, they're never going to come across with you. Cause they're going to see that, that you're not, that you're not trying to do the same thing, that you're not equally yoked in that aspect. So even things like that, it's, it's something that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I want to address a comment uh, that I just yeah. got. It, it, it's, gonna... <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's it's addressed to me. <laughs> uh, but but obviously, by the way, we love uh, Sister Veronica at our church, uh, and and Ivan as well. Uh, they're um, a mom and son. Uh, but she says, Pastor Mitch, my experience is the opposite because I was Catholic and I got married with an Adventist from inland, uh, my church, and I fell in love with God, and he got separated from God, and I'm still in path of goal. Look. Let, let's let's recognize something whenever we talk about relationships, and that is that God can do miracles for sure. But I don't believe that you enter all the young people that are watching us that may not be married or are considering about getting into a relationship. I don't think you base your relationship on a potential miracle that God can do. I believe that you base your relationship on the principles that God has already established. Now, it is true. Many times we make mistakes and God fixes those mistakes, right? Uh, I've seen that happen many, many times. But the, uh, the advice of scripture is do not be yoked with an unbeliever. Do not be unequally yoked. That's the advice of scripture. Um, and, 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 let me, and let me just kind of uh, make sure we don't go to an extreme on this as well. Someone could argue then we should have zero relationship with anybody outside the church. 
That's not true either. Okay. Uh, there's a text that, that points uh, to this. Um, and it's, it's found in first uh, Corinthians chapter five um, in, in verse nine and 10, uh, Paul almost like does like this weird correction thing. Right. And he says, uh, he says in, in verse nine, I wrote to you in my apostle uh, uh, epistle, by the way, it's his first Corinthians five, nine and 10. I wrote to you in my epistle, not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Now that is, that is principle. That's advice. We recognize that. And then he says, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you would need to go out of the world. Now, wait, is he contradicting himself? No, he's not. What he's saying is, look, I'm not telling you to cut off every person in your life. That's not possible. Because if you wanted to cut every person off in your life, then get out of this world. But you can't do that. So that's not the issue. We're going to have relationships with people who are not believers. But when we talk about romantic relationships, romantic relationships, we got to be careful. That's the idea. We got to be careful. Um, I add a verse I, to this? Yeah, oh, yeah, this was uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10. Oh, you, you want to add a verse to that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me, give me a second, though. Let me Go just let me finish this thought here. I've seen more often than not, this is what I've seen, more often than not, someone dates somebody from outside the church and their relationship with God grows weaker than someone dates someone outside of the church and the relationship grows stronger. Can it happen? Sure. Is it advisable? No, that's, that's what I would say. No, it too. And I get it. Everybody's experience is going to be different, right? I, I see a, a sister Veronica saying my ex-husband invited me to England Spanish church. His family brought me and now no one in his family is at church. There you go. Perfect example, right? Eventually you, just like you're saying, Andrew, uh, you have to be strong in your relationship with God first. That is the most important thing. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, there's I want- that example. And then like, I mean, in my, in like, in, from what I know, there's the example of my parents. My 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 dad was an Adventist. He was Catholic, and my mom was the one that was Adventist. And when it came to marriage, my mom said, "No, I can't due to my faith." Um, they one thing led to another. My dad became Adventist, and now my mom says that my dad is the one that's her her the person the person that pushes her mm-hmm. to get closer to God. When it should have originally have been the other way around. My mom pushing my dad, and it's my dad that pushes my mom. Um, so like, like you're saying there's both ways, but the, like you're saying the ideal thing is to look for someone that's already within your core beliefs that has the same beliefs. That's the ideal thing that God could do things that God could work miracles. Yes, he can. But the ideal thing that we should all originally start off with is with someone that has the same core beliefs. Yeah. I want to mention uh first Corinthians seven, uh, 12, where Paul's actually talking about marriage. It says, but to the rest, but to the rest, not the Lord say, but to the rest, I, not the Lord say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean. And I'll just stop there. Right. Of course there, there is a, a, a portion of this where we say, you know, there there is in marriage right and we say this that there is a sanctifying part on the part of the other believer but like you said we don't give to the minority and it's interesting that we do this right we we do this with scripture you know oh can i wear this uh can i do this and we always lend to the minority of 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 of, of 
uh, you know, when we're when we're thinking about this. So the overarching, uh, uh, I guess, premise that we can see here in Scripture is that we should that that we shouldn't be. How would you say uh, uh, start an unequally yoked uh, uh, relationship? if at all possible right of course like you said there's the exception and god uh, there there's a miracle but we never base it on the minority and by the way the same and it seems uh the same thing happened with my mom and my dad sure. right where my mom was a uh, catholic and my dad was seven day adventist so the same thing of course god makes a miracle and god makes a way but we never go off the minority and we, of course we go to what scripture says yeah yeah let me let me just uh to the text that you just read by the way I think it's important that the context is given for yeah. what's happening. It's in marriage. At this moment, yeah. the gospel is spreading all over the place. And what's happening is that some husbands are accepting this and the wives are not, or vice versa, mainly vice versa. Women were accepting the gospel and their husbands were not. And so notice, this is very important because Paul doesn't go in and say, by the way, go and divorce them now. That, that, yeah. That's not his advice. No, there is something that God is going to bless along the way. But I keep going to this. I know, I get it. And the reason why we often have this conversation, and, and Angie, you could speak to this. I, I, I could speak to this. Obviously, we've been married um, for 11 years now. Uh, I think whenever I look back and I say, man, I looked out. This, I, I say this often. I think, Andrew, you've heard me say this before. <laughs> I've said this to other people. I'm like, when I married you, all my luck right now because I got super lucky. But, but truth be told, it is difficult to find someone inside the church that believes in God, that is faithful to God, and that shares the values that you have towards God. I understand that. I get it. And oftentimes the frustration boils and the person says, I might as well just go find someone outside of church. Let me tell you, you're playing with fire. You may not get burned. I get it. You may not get burned. Doesn't mean you won't get burned. See, there's no guarantee that you're not going to get burned. And that's, that's, that's my whole point with all of this. I, I understand. Look, whenever we talk about this conversation, sometimes we draw these lines, right? And Andrew, we were talking about this. We draw mm -hmm. these lines. Uh, Jason, I know you wanted to say something right now, but uh, let script. me just finish this. We draw these lines and sometimes, oh, that's too extreme. Man, we're talking about spiritual life right now. We are talking about eternal life. And I have played with fire. Angie just gave you a story where she was also beginning to maybe think, should I play with fire? I think we've all been there religiously speaking, where we say, man, you know, I, I like this person. I'm attracted to this person. Should I or should I not? But in the back of your head, the biblical principle is there. And you know that the advice that God gives you is the best advice that you can receive. Anyways, Jason, I'm sorry. No, no yeah. And then I was going to continue like off, off of your thought. Like I've even heard like some of the young people say, man, I've, I've even seen better people outside of the church. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Like, what do you tell them at that point? Like it, it, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's especially when someone has already has that mindset that someone, there's someone better outside of church. It's kind of hard to deviate them from that. Yeah. It's a, um, it, it's a challenge. Yes, yes. Yes. And then I would say, and I'm sorry, any guys interrupt me, please at this moment. But when someone would say that to me, or when someone, if someone comes up to me and says, yeah, there are better people outside of church. Yes. 100% true. I believe there are. And yet we're talking about your spiritual life yours right at some point by the way check this quote out uh andrew you're gonna like this i think this is ellen white speaking okay and and she says the following uh, she says the young have many lessons to learn mm. and the most important one is to learn to know themselves Ooh. that is Ooh. true 
Th th think about that for a second. Is it's not oh so-and-so yeah, way better outside the church than inside the church. Forget that for a second. The point isn't what's going on outside of the church or inside of the church. The point is, where is your spiritual life with God first and foremost? By the way, when Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor, you do remember the order. I've mentioned this before. The order has always been love God first and then your neighbor, never the other way around. And so at some times we have to make tough decisions. For the record, though, I went through the same thing. I, 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 I like someone who was outside of the church. I was attracted to someone. I was spending time with someone outside of the church. And then I realized this is not going to work for me. And so I put it in God's hands and I've been happily married for 11 years, by the way. Okay. And, but, but I'm, I'm sure I'm blessed. And someone will say you're lucky. No, I would say that God directs us. We either believe that or we don't. I, I, I agree. I mean, if you have a strong relationship with God and you trust God, God is definitely going to direct you to the right person. Um, I mean, it's re it's really sad when I hear young people, well, you know, there's no one out there for me or, you know, um, it because there is God has somebody for all of us. It's just that we have to we have to really make sure that, first of all, we have a our strong relationship with God first. That's really important because, you know, in, in my experience that I shared with you, I could have easily given and say, okay, let's, you know, let's date or whatever. Um, but I knew what I, what I needed for, for myself. I knew where my strong um, values were, where my faith was. And I knew that that person was not for me. I knew it. Um, and so I think that if we have a strong relationship with God and we trust God, I mean, there's no reason for God not to help us find that person that will spend the life, you know, for eternity. But I think it's like you said, we need to not only have a strong relationship with God, but we need to value ourselves. We need to love ourselves to know what what our value is um, as a person as well, because sometimes, you know, you know, we don't we don't put ourselves uh, highly. Um, and we might just fall for whatever person comes our way, you know? And, so. and, and, and I think, I think this leads to, to, uh, a question that I want to see what you guys think about, because obviously when we're thinking about relationships, can they lead you to God? Can they lead you away from God? I think you guys would agree. It will affect your spirituality one way or another. I think we all yeah. agree with that, but, but let's bring it into the year 2020 for a second. Um, how how do you guys see modern day relationships? Because I think this is where we start to struggle with some things because we're looking at what's happening uh, around us, among us, right in our society, and and sometimes we extract values from that more than we should from scripture, right? And we say maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. Uh, it's amazing the amount of Christians, and this is across the board. I'm not talking about Adventists, but the amount of Christians that are starting to believe that cohabitation, and that's, that means to live with each other before marriage, right, uh, is okay. Well, where did this idea come from? Because that's not what scripture teaches, but the more we live in the society, right, the more that we end up getting influenced by these things. So what do you guys see as some of the issues in modern day relationship? And by the way, the, the question, the question, Andrew, right, the question that we're going to get to in a second, I think this is the next thing. But what about flirting? Okay. Yeah, again, we'll, we want to we'll we want to make sure. That. Yeah, we want to make sure like that our, we get, hey, uh, hey, yeah. our viewers. Chris, Christopher, Christopher said, "Are are 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 there going to be people <laughs> married in heaven? Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw that. But I'll honestly, answer that like... real quickly, real quickly, right here. Matthew twenty two twenty nine says Jesus. 
This is uh, when he's uh, talking to uh, one of the one of the guys that comes up to him and says, what happens if uh, one brother dies and she she remarries to him and then she re she remarries with another brother and so forth? What's going to happen in heaven? Right. And verse 29 says, Jesus answered them and said to them, you are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. Quick answer. Anyways back to what we were talking about you know you know it's a, you know it's a lot more nuanced than that but yeah of course i know what, i know not, what you're saying you know, but... you know i'm not gonna we're not gonna spend all our time talking about can you be married in heaven we're trying to move no, along here no but but let me but let me do say let me just add one thing to to what you just said right now uh always always look at the context of the verse right and what andrew read is correct but the question was therefore in the resurrection whose wife of the seven will she be? And so Jesus literally, literally answers the question as to what's going to happen in the future. And he says, look, in heaven, it's not going to be about marrying someone in heaven. Now, the question is whether or not someone who is married here on earth, will that happen up there in heaven? And there are other things that we have to consider about the fact that when children resurrect, will be given to their parents. This is what Ellen White talks about, right? What for? Right. So will the family unit be preserved? Will this be later on in the new oh, earth and the new heavens? A bunch of other things. So the Bible is silent. We stay silent, brother. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think the Bible is completely silent on this, but I understand what you're saying. I would just say, um, uh, Chris. Uh, so I, he says, so I'm in, I'm con I'm in confusion. I think that's what he said, because I said, so I'm confusion. I don't think Chris is confusion. I think he's in confusion. Uh, but uh, Chris. <laughs> That is a topic for another day because yeah, it is, uh, it is a it lot really more nuanced. It's just extensive. Yeah. That's what but I was no, going to say. That's why I didn't yeah. want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, but, let, but let's let's go back to this idea, again, of modern-day relationships. What do you guys see are a struggle with modern-day relationships? Something that always catches my eye is, especially in modern cultures, like, oh, you're getting married? Did you get a prenup? Are you going to get a prenup? <laughs> oh, man, that blows my mind because it's like, okay, why are you going to go into marriage thinking about divorce already? Mm. Like that, that, what's the point of that? Like, don't get married. Just or even, just don't. you know, I I see that more and more people get married and then they get a divorce like six months later. You know, uh, especially two months with later. people from Hollywood. Right. It's it's like oh, it is not going to work. You know, a year later, six months later, there it's done. You know, or the other one that I've seen is where they they are dating or have a relationship and then they want to take a break you know, and, and, and date some other people while they're taking a break to see if that person is the right mm. person for them. You know, it yeah. sounds really confusing, but, um, I think that we're losing the core values. We're losing, um, the, the values that were set by God when it comes to relationships, romantic relationships more and more, um, as we, as we see our society just degrade you know can i can i add something to what you guys were saying i think it's absolutely crucial you know uh exactly the whole idea of prenup uh, what you were saying angie and then mitchell you know the whole co cohabitation i actually wanted to mention this earlier right because we're talking about how we cannot see uh, earlier how we could not see the effects it has on us later right now in the relationship that we have now right we're living in in, in, a, in a time where you were saying like cohabitation where sex is at the forefront right mm. if you're in a relationship we're trying this out. It's like you're tr you're trying out the relationship, right? There, uh, no boundaries are there. And as some, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear, um, we'll see a Christian lady, a Christian young man, you know, that they'll enter a relationship, and then the other person will is a non-believer, and they say, "Oh, well, if you love me, right, you know, we'll do this and we'll do that, right." 
And it's interesting because I have this conversation with uh, my coworkers and, and they always, you know, the things that I always hear is like, oh man, you got to try, you got to try it out before. How do you know that, that she's the one that you're going to keep and all, all, all these things. Right. And it's interesting to me, right. Because while this is happening, if we, if we put this into, into a context or right, if we allow this, this barrier to go down as Christians, right. And we, we go to that mentality. Okay. We're going to allow this, uh, uh, this boundary to be dropped. Right. And we're going to allow sex before marriage. Right. One of the, the big things that I tell what I was telling my coworkers is now all of a sudden, right. I see my coworkers, right. Who, who are non-Christian. Right. And they, they talk about uh, uh, their wives like, Oh, sh she doesn't want to have sex with me. And we're putting this out there because we're, we're talking sure. straight, straight. Right. We're being real. Oh, she, Oh, you know, um, you know, I want to have sex this many times, but we're, you know, and, 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 and we don't do this and that, you know, before we were married. And, and this is why I say this, because in a boundary dropped, right, if we allow sex before marriage, all of a sudden, when you get to the marriage state, that's all marriage is, is about, about sex. If we ourselves as Christians restrain and put that wall up, all of a sudden, when something, when we get married and sex is not there, that relationship, that intercourse is not there, then it's okay it's not all about having sex or all about this intercourse because you've built a relationship off the right morals off what it should be a relationship with each other and a relationship with God. And the world sees it from a completely different perspective. And if we align our morals with the world, we'll lose that. And as a believer, we'll end up in a relationship uh, 10 years later where we're like, what happened to my marriage? All, all, all my marriage is about intercourse. That's all, that's all it is about. Right. And if you take that away, right. If you take the, the intercourse away, that's where divorce happens, because all of a sudden now, if you take the intercourse away, there's no friendship that's on, on the foundation. There's no God uh, 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 on, on that foundation. The foundation of that relationship was intercourse from the beginning so that when when you get to that marriage state, that's stripped away. All of a sudden, what are you left with? Yeah, I think that, you know, it almost seems and I go back to, you know, Satan being really uh, I don't want to give him credit, but it almost seems like he knows where to attack. And, 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 you know, as people come together and are finding their soulmate in our society nowadays, it seems like if you don't have intercourse before marriage, it's like, you're not, you're not in, I mean, you know, as a high school teacher, I more and more, I see these young kids in, in the high school level, just, um, sex they they have sex before you know in every relationship that maybe lasts for two days three days four days you know um and it, and you know one one year i had one student that um you know she was sexually active with her partner and she ended up getting pregnant and you know we 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 had formed a, a bond me and her and so she told me that she she had goals to go to 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 uh college she was a senior um, but you know, she, she was pregnant and she didn't know how to tell her parents because she said her parents were old school and you know, there were, they, that she was afraid to tell them that she had gone pregnant with, with this guy that she had been dating. Um, but it, you know, more and more, I see that, you know, um, I have one student this past year, she's like, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm sexually active. And she's like, we do that. And she, she, she's like, we do that. Everybody does that now. That's what she wow. told me. And, and I feel like we're, we're getting in our society. That is one of the issues. Now we have now, you know, taken away that 
the that part of that beautifulness of marriage and we have you know just stomp on it yeah yeah you know go go ahead jason go ahead the thing is that now because of celebrities because of movies because of these books and whatnot they make the ultimate sign of love to be sex and then biblically we know that's not it biblically we know that's not the ultimate sign of love if anything if anything the bible kind of even says it like someone that's willing to give up their life for someone else like to completely like give themselves up give their life for someone else that's that's kind of like the ultimate sign of love and that's exactly what jesus did on the cross for us so even 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 at a human level someone that's willing to give up everything like to make sure that you're saved that's that's kind of like where it's where the where the ultimate sign of love for a christian should be someone that you're willing to put above yourself not above god but above yourself that that, that that's really what the ultimate sign sign so, is and yeah and that, that to me that's that's one of the big issues that especially with the youth they make they may say they all like all this stuff on media it's pushed out that sex is like one of the ultimate things in a relationship that it's the best that you can get that that's all there should be and that's what confuses all the these young people um and it's kind of it's hard to deviate them from that if that's what they're being bombarded with on on a daily basis yeah jason i think i think what you point out is so important um I had an experience, um, I don't know, this was 12, 13 years ago, we were at a retreat and um, we were talking, we had uh, 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 two women who, sisters who had participated in uh, same-sex lifestyle. And, um, you know, they were giving their testimony and all that. And there was a group that was not part of our youth group, but they joined up with us. And immediately uh, they said that they were going to uh, uh, they were going to take all the kids away because they didn't want to have a conversation about that. That why were we talking about such dirty things? Um, I think the church has messed up a lot. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, first, Andrew, you pointed to this, this whole idea of as long as you marry somebody within the church, that's fine. I think that's nonsense. Right. It's much it's much more it's much more profound than that. But uh, I think the church also has avoided conversations on sex. Um, uh, sex happens to be just something that God has given humanity. I mean, this is this is part of how God designed us. The only thing is that when God uh, uh, designs sex, he does it. And based on what scripture teaches us, it's based on commitment. Right. Uh, the commitment must be there first before the sex is there. Now, why is that? Well, it's logical. It makes perfect sense. I know that people will make fun of us and they'll say that we're antiquated, but no, it's perfect, perfectly logical as to why God would require commitment. And that's because from sex, children may come. Okay. And if a child comes, then who is going to raise that child correctly? Well, you want two parents involved in the raising of a child not just one. This is one of those conversations that we simply avoid for anything, by the way, in this society. One of the things that is plaguing the African-American community, and many African-American voices are saying this right now, is the fact that these kids, many kids, are being raised fatherless. There is no commitment from the fathers. By the way, statistically, this goes across many other communities, many other cultures as well. And so what ends up happening is that we don't see how the commitment or the lack of commitment affects the next generation. And it does, right? 
this is what's happened when we have put sex in the front and we have put the commitment of marriage in the back, right? When we say it is about figuring out sex first and then figuring out marriage, as opposed to let's figure out the commitment of marriage first and sex will come along. By the way, sex is a part of marriage. It is not solely marriage. It is not equal to marriage. It is only a part of it. Uh, a, a physical beauty is a part of marriage. It is not everything in marriage. You know, when you're married, and I know this, look, I've been sick. There have been times where I have fallen sick. My wife has seen me sick. I must be the ugliest monster in the world when I am sick. Okay? Horrible. Okay? Because I'm beat up. I'm swollen, whatever, right? I got a cold. And you know how it is, guys. Look, I mean, we, we, we got women are strong when they get sick. But us men, as soon as we get sick, we're just we're just dead, right? It's over. Now, now check this out. Can you imagine if it was solely based on physical attraction? All of a sudden, I get sick, and my wife says, you're ugly today. I'm sorry. I'm not helping you through all of this. That makes absolutely no sense, right? But this is what happens if all we look at is the physical and the attractiveness. I think, I think the overemphasis on sex is a huge problem on modern-day relationships. And let me just say one last thing, Andrew. Um, uh, there is one other issue, and, and it le it's, it's related to this issue of sex, and that is the idea of self-satisfaction. Uh, we believe that marriage is about having someone that satisfies you. Mm. And that goes completely contrary to what Scripture teaches because Scripture is about giving people, giving other people a better life than giving yourself the better life, right? It is about pleasing others over pleasing yourself. It is about putting self away and thinking about others. And so what ends up happening? Well, she doesn't satisfy me sexually. Therefore, she's not the one for me. Well, no, but sex is not even supposed to be about you getting self-satisfaction. It's really meant for you to satisfy the other person and the other person vice versa. We have everything backwards in this society, guys, and then, you know, relationships are messed up. I, I, want, I want to give a quote to round off everything that you're saying, uh, it, it, exactly what you were saying, you know, about we think that that's the only question that has to be answered, and we have all these things backwards. I'll read this quickly. Uh, I know, Angie, you want to say something from um, Adventist Home. She says, most men and women have acted in entering the marriage as let me read that again. Most men and women have acted in entering the marriage relation as though the only question for them to settle was whether they loved each other. Mm. Right. It says, but they should realize that a responsibility rests upon them in the marriage relation far farther than this. They should consider, consider, consider whether their offspring will possess physical health and mental and moral strength. But few have moved with high motives and with elevated considerations, which they could not lightly throw off that society had claims upon them that the weight of their family influence would tell in the upward or downward scale of society. Right. And this is exactly what you were talking about. This is not something that's taken into consideration. We act as if love is the only thing that should be uh, at the center of, Oh, should I marry this person or not? Not all these other factors of, Oh, well, I'm, I could possibly have a kid. You know, all we think about is, all the world thinks about is sex first, but they don't, they're entering into something that's not meant to be entered because they haven't properly uh, 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 discerned what, what is the outcome of, of, of what they're doing. For sure. For sure. Um, by, by the way, uh, and, and I don't want to cut you guys off on this, but we are running out of time. And there's yeah. some interesting questions that I want to see what you guys think. And we got to get to this. Are we, are we going to have to do a part two? Cause we haven't even, we haven't even touched. 
half of this. I, yeah. I, I know, I know, but I, but I do want to get to Ivan's question now. Ivan, um, I, I'm I'm probably going to get his age wrong, but uh, if he's not 15, he's 16. I know that much. And Ivan says, "Should we be dating at this age?" No. Whoa! I, I, didn't, even, I, didn't, even, I didn't even finish asking the question. Andrew. Whoa, Angie. <laughs> Okay, but no, no, but I, I think it's important. Our, 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 a young person is asking this question. What would you, what would you say? I would say no. I mean, I, I'm a high school teacher, and mm -hmm. I see the kids every year. And I, you know, I'm going back to that student that was pregnant. I mean, having, you know, seeing kids have having relationships at that young age. It's, it's, it's. They're not. You're when you're a high school kid, you know, because I've been there, you've been there, everybody's been there. You're kind of just trying to find yourself, and you know, you're don't even know who you are. You know, <laughs> you you're trying to find. You're you're going through a uh, physical change, emotional change, psychological change. You know, um, it's really hard to try to take care of yourself and then try to date someone, um, and and carry that relationship. Um, I think we we need to wait until uh, you know we're, we're a little bit more mature. Um, and, and then, and, and then start dating. I mean, I didn't start dating until I was out of college. Uh, right. Was that, or was a year before college we were done with college? It was, it was like about a year and a half. Right. right? Yeah. We so, college, yeah. um, so, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would say no. Okay, Final can, answer. Can I, what say I, you guys? Can I, can I respond I, to this? Or Jason, Jason, you haven't. To be honest, like even for me, I would say no. <laughs> I would, I would even, I would even say it until you're out of college, honestly. Oh. Um, if I could go back and redo high school and not have gotten in a relationship, I would go back to college and not have gotten in a relationship. I think I would have done it. I mean, not that I regret it, but I think I would go back and redo all of that because you're still, even when you're in college, you're still in a process of getting to know yourself. You're still, you're still in the process of like, really like being happy with yourself. So even then it's still, it's still iffy. Now, if you're at the mature, if you're, Careful, careful, it has, careful. Lot, it has a lot to do with maturity levels, to be mm. honest. Sure. That, that also has a big thing that has to go into play. Obviously, I'm not going to say if you're a mature 16-year-old, go ahead and get married, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to say that either. But that the, being the maturity level a person has has a lot to go into play with that. Because you could be a 30, 37, 30, 40-year-old, and you're still not mature or ready to get married as compared to like someone that's 21, 22, and they're at a maturity level that they can be married. So that, that also has, or be in a relationship that also has a lot to do with it. But I mean, to be honest, like in my case, I would go back, not have dated in college, not have dated in high school. And on top of that, you got classes, bro. Yeah, I'm going directly to Ivan right now. You're in, I really want, take, I really, take I really care want of your to... schooling life, man. Take care of the school life. Go hit the gym. Go hang out with your friends. Uh, you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to pay off on the long run. Andrew's, Andrew's dying to get into it. <laughs> oh, man, I am absolutely dying to say this because I think it's – and you hit something uh, perfectly, uh, Jason, right, the maturity – Ellen White does not give an, and I've looked this up, does not give an age or recommendation on when you think you should, when she should think you can marry, be married. The Bible doesn't say a specific age that sh you should be married. And I think that this is on purpose. If we look at what Jesus does on the Sermon on the Mount, and I apply this to what Ellen White does, he does something where he, where, when he's asking on the Sermon on the Mount, um, you know, he is putting even above the act, He's putting the spirit of what you're doing, right? You know, where, where he goes in and says, 
if you hate a brother and sister, you know, that, the Bible has said you sh shall not murder. Right. But he puts it on an even higher level and says, not only shall you not hate, uh, um, shall not murder, but you shall not hate your brother or sister. Right. And I feel like this is what Ellen White does. While she doesn't give an age on when you should be married, she gives so many principles that she almost puts getting married on such a high plane that it even surpasses age itself. And I think this is beautiful because I want to give you guys uh, uh, a couple of examples. Right. Because as a young person, this is a, qu a question that comes across your mind. And I didn't know that she wrote this. If I would have known that she wrote wrote this, I probably wouldn't have dated some some of the girls that I had at, or, or thought about that at that time, right? She has this quote where she says, keeping late hours. She says, the habit of sitting up late at night is customary, but it is not pleasing to God. Even if you are both Christian, these untimely hours injure health, unfit the mind for the next day's duties, and have an appearance of evil. My brother, I hope you will have self-respect enough to shun this form of courtship. I'll end that right there. So, so many times as young people, I know this because I did this myself, you would talk to a girl, stay up super late on the phone, and, and, and you'll talk to the, the break of dawn, and, and you'll do this over and over. This right here is giving me a sign that I'm not ready for a re relationship or to enter into a courtship. And this is this is what she's speaking. Another one she says here, it says, young, it says, young man who enjoys the society and wins the friendships of young lady unbeknown to her parents does not act a noble Christian part toward her or toward her parents. I could continue this quote, but just to set an example, right? You, how many of the young people are having relationships behind their parents' backs without them knowing? If you fall into this category, that means you're not ready for a relationship. And we can continue and say so many principles that her and the Bible lays out, but we don't have time. But the idea is that these principles are so high that even some, some of us that are, are married now, we say, wow, we have to be at such a maturity because we, have to, we believe that marriage is something serious, that God is, is it's something uh, ordained by God. So if we believe that, then the maturity you know, in these principles is so high that it's even above in age itself. And I think it's perfectly put because these principles are, are even higher than when what we can put as an age. Well, well, here's a problem with trying to determine an age. Um, uh, statistically speaking, by the way, Ellen White got married when she was 19 years old. Um, statistically speaking, the maturity level has been pushed to an older age as opposed to a younger one in psychologically, yeah, yeah. Psychologically speaking, and Jason, you could probably speak to this uh, a little bit more than I would, but psychologically speaking, there is a term that is used and that's a failure to launch. And the term failure to launch essentially refers to young men, young women who cannot fully become independent from their fathers. They, they fail to do so. And in the millennial group, uh, in what is it? Where are we? Gen Z now is the next one. Right. And, and so on that keeps getting pushed further away because what you could do back then or what you were required to do and how quickly you were meant to mature in, for example, the 1800s, 1900s, what is 18, 19, 20 back then is now 29, 30, 31 now. Right. And that becomes a problem because yeah, maturity, by the way, there are some people who are still 30, 31, 32, Jason, I'm assuming, you know, some in the gym uh, that are, that are around that age and they're, they still haven't matured, right? They, they, they still have the mentality of a kid. I think 
I, and I take a, a stance on this that's probably not, it's not going to be popular. And I get it. If people don't like it, they don't like it. It is what it is. I, I find dating at 15, even though I felt the attractions, you know, I, I felt like, oh yeah, you know, I like this person, all that. We get it. You feel those emotions. I'm not talking about feeling that attraction. We all feel that attraction at some point. Um, I just think dating is a precursor to marriage. What in the world would you be doing at 15, 16 years old dating if the next step in dating, in courtship, is marriage? What is the next step? Like, tell me, what is it? Everlasting courtship? Everlasting boyfriend and girlfriend status? No, absolutely not. So the Friendship idea... ring. The, 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 the... Uh, promise, <laughs> ring. Promise, promise, the promise, promise ring. Promise ring. Okay. I, I just, I, I think that when you see... And let me see what you guys think about this. If you guys disagree, I totally understand. But when you see dating as a step behind marriage, wouldn't you take dating a lot more seriously? Right? Wouldn't you take right. it more seriously? And then you would say, wait yeah. a minute. I don't, I mean, I like this person, but what am I going to do? See, this is where I agree with Jason. I agree with what you're saying, Andrew. I agree with what you, what you have said, Angie, as well. Um, I think at the end, you got to figure your life out. Because maturity isn't just, oh, I'm a serious. You know what we do as Hispanics? We say that maturity is being serious. That's not maturity, okay? Just because you're a serious person doesn't mean you're mature. And this is just maturity. Forget, you haven't even started spiritual maturity. We, well, we haven't even spoken about that. But but um, uh, again, trying to go back to the psychosocial side of this, the idea is that there, there's this concept known as differentiation, which means that, and I, and Andrew, I've mentioned this to you. I mentioned this to others who have given premarital counsel to. The idea here is that as life goes on, life itself, as it changes, teaches you how to differentiate your identity from your parents. If you cannot live on your own, if you cannot provide on your own, if you don't have something to provide for someone else, you are not ready for marriage. And I would argue, you may not even be ready for dating. That that's, 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 that's where I put it. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of extreme. We make mistakes. Thank God for his mercy, nevertheless. <laughs> By the way, okay. So guys, it was a great question. Um, I, I do want to get to the question that we've been asking everybody because we have like 15 oh, minutes man. left. Okay. We may have to do a part two. By the way, if you guys think, all of our viewers, if you guys think we should do a part two on this conversation, please let us know. Just, uh, just chat, uh, put in the chat, part two. Okay, and we know that that means you want us to have a part two. If not, we can end. No, no problem. No. Yeah, let's go to that question. The, yes, the million yes. dollar question. What is the million want, dollar? Question? I just want quick yes or no answers before we explain. I agree. Go All for right. it. What's the question? So, is it as a Christian? Is it okay to flirt? Yes or no, Mitch? Come on, just yes or no answer, bro. Just explain after. Uh, it, yes, with an asterisk. Angie. I think yes, uh, to, to a certain point. Andrew. <laughs> no, with an asterisk. <laughs> All right. See, we got to get into this. I'm going to with Mitch and Angie. I'm going to say yes. I, I, and didn't I say about this? It's going to be a three on one. I'll accept it. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's a three on one because a no with an asterisk is the same thing as a yes. As a yes with, with an, an asterisk. asterisk, in my opinion. All right, let me let me explain why I say yes, um, uh, but with an asterisk. I think it all depends on how we define flirting. Well, let's go with that uh, Webster. 
Uh, well, that's, that's Wait, hold on, hold on. We actually had a comment about that right before, sure. and, and if I if I if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Chris who Might said have it. Chris, I think so. Yeah. Let me let me, I have let me it go here. up. I have it here. It says, "I think okay. it is okay to flirt. I don't think you should be flirting with everyone you think you are interested in, or flirting with every person that you find attractive, but only with people that you want to pursue a romantic relationship with." I also think you should control the level of flirting and not get too carried away. Um, I, so let me let me uh let me say. Uh, why I put an asterisk by it. And again, it depends on how it is we're going to define flirting. Um, uh, Andrew says, uh, Merriam-Webster, if I grab the word by the literal definition, it essentially means to show uh, that you're attracted to uh, someone. You want me to read it for you? Yeah, yeah, read it. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> Here he has it a pull up everything. Yeah. <laughs> Behave as though attracted to or trying to attract someone, but for amusement rather than with serious intentions. Perfect. So that's that's the definition that you find. Is it Merriam-Webster officially, or is it another dictionary? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. It was it was a dictionary. It was a, it was a, it was a popular one. It's whatever popped up first. Got it. Um, and uh, I'm I'm going to take him. The reason why I say yes is because I'm looking at it uh, from a psychological definition, um, where flirtation is basically an unspoken language that says I'm attracted to someone, right? And that is where I end up saying, yes, it's okay to flirt, but, but, and it's, and, and we, and, and I think that's the same thing that Andrew's going to say. I think that's the same thing that Jason's going to say and Angie, right? With this concept of flirtation, if the idea is as Andrew puts it, where he says, look, flirtation is because we do this at times. We try to show some type of uh, attraction to someone else, but we're really just playing with them. I think Christian has no business dealing with something like that because you are you are doing your 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 jesting you are uh uh playing muse right you are you are uh not being serious with relationships <laughs> if flirtation is this the the psychological thing that we do where we portray that we are attracted to someone well i would agree with chris in the sense you can't do this with everyone only the person that you are in a committed relationship with that's the way i would put it i I think there's, uh, I'm going to say there's healthy types of flirtationness or flirtiness. Um, I mean, if you, if you take it to a level where it becomes more sexual, obviously, I think that that's going overboard and going over the line. Uh, but you know, if you, if you flirt with your spouse, I mean, I, I asked my parents, do you guys still flirt as a couple, you know, as being married spouse. Or more, or more. Keyword spouse though. Right. Right. But you know, sometimes some people will not even, you know, think that's wrong. I think okay, so so I want you to define that the different because me, me and Mitchell were on different places. So you're okay from a spouse perspective now. Right. Up to what point at dating at a fiance? Yes. At, uh, what, 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 where where do you think it's? I think that if I think that if you're interested in that person, if you that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you know, in dating and your your fiance, I think flirting is okay. Just you know, you have to make sure that you don't go and you know, there's a line not to cross with flirtation, with flirting, but I think it's, I think it's a natural thing, you know, um, that, that we do, you know, eyes. Just because it's natural doesn't eyes. mean it's right though. It's, no, well, right. But, but I think, but, I, but once again, and, and this is, we were I, just so everybody knows. Uh, hey, I'm Andrew, just trying to push wait, back. I have three Andrew, on me, man. Yeah, Andrew, I got to start pushing okay. back. That's they're they're going to, they're going to gang up on yeah. me. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I think we spoke like an hour on this topic. We did. Uh, like during, <laughs> we yes, did. Hey, no, this, no, this, no, me and Mitch no. spoke by ourselves <laughs> no, Jason, after you left. 
Yes, we did. And then afterwards, and then the next day, remember we 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 talked we, about. Yeah, it's it's just been going back and forth. But look, um, I I think that we have to be clear as to what each right. one of us is talking about when we say flirting, yeah. because to show attraction to someone, to show a signal of interest to someone psychologically to is flirting. flirting. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that is natural. And that in and of itself is not evil. Well, now, Andrew, I think you should get in this because if you are defining this as Merriam-Webster is defining it, which I don't ascribe <laughs> to that definition in certain circumstances, I'm assuming that we apply it. But under that definition, what say you? Under the definition that you read, what would you say? Under the, 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 the flirtation of, uh, let me bring it up, says yeah, behave uh, as though attracted yeah. to or trying to attract someone, but for amusement rather than serious intention, absolutely no way, no way that passes. And uh, I, I kind of just want to go off what, because you guys are saying, and, and I, I've to told you this, Mitch, right? Because you guys are saying, when you're, when you're a spouse, sure, okay. But even as a spouse, I would say that there are boundaries. It's not, oh, we're married. Now we can just talk about whatever we want. And I'll get into that right now. But as uh, uh, the, the idea that, oh, as long as it's with a serious, uh, uh, someone you have in a serious relationship. Well, how many times do we know that you are taking, uh, say you're, you're, you're in a, you're, you're, she's your fiance, you're in a serious relationship. What happens all of a sudden if that that uh, that doesn't go through, right? Ellen White has a quote, and I wish I had the quote where she talks about using. Uh, she uses the the commandment of, of stealing, "Thou shalt not steal," and she uses that in the context of saying, "Thou shalt not steal" in the sense of stealing someone's affections. There's something that you and we all know this who have been in in, in relationships, not just one or have been in several relationships where there's something, a part of you that someone takes from you in a relationship. And when we take, when we take flirting to that extent, where, to what we're, extent? We're, stealing, to what extent? where we're stealing affections. Okay. That, that, that I think cannot be done on any. Perfect. Level. Perfect. Now, perfect. And I, and again, just like you said right now, when flirting is to steal an affection to pretend like you like someone but you're really not interested. I think, uh, Jason, you would agree Christian should not be doing that. Angie, yeah. you would agree that. Yeah. Now, that's not I flirted with Angie, but I was genuinely interested in her. That show of interest in her is flirting by psychological definitions, right? And that's where I'm coming from and saying- Exactly. That's that's my fine. exact same point but of you, view. Okay. But the well, and that's that, where we have to look, define flirting because it could be I, a compliment- there's a difference between flirting and a compliment. Like no, okay. it, it is it is different, but it uh, uh, flirtation includes compliments, and that's what I'm trying to say. Yes, you're right, but I think we've defined it very clearly. When we say you should not flirt with a bunch of other people, the reason why is because that is your right. definition, Andrew, the one that you're stating right now. I, I, I have an end all, hold end on, all, hold on, end all, be all that I'll hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. After this, no, but but let me but let me say it. When we say that, right? When when we say, hey. Uh, you shouldn't flirt with a bunch of other people. What you're talking about is showing interest in a bunch of other people when you're really not interested in any of them. Sure, right? sure. Sometimes that flirtation is simply to get someone in bed. That's wrong. That's evil. You can't do that. Okay. That's where we talk about stealing affections. Yeah. But to show an interest in someone without spoken word, or signaling, think things like sure. that. Well, that well, that is flirting, though. That that's no. the thing. It is. I, 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 I will. I will get back. I think to this that we can't. Part. We can't generalize flirting. You know, if is flirting wrong? I think. 
I think the we have to kind of distinguish where we're saying it, you know, because in, in our scenario, I, I think, Andrew, you're saying in a spousal relationship, flirting is okay. I think that's what you said, right? It's it's okay. Even there, I would put boundaries and I will and I'll and I'll and I'll, and I'll read a, a quote to you. A Andrew, Andrew, hold on. And I put a let quote me, to you. Let me let me push back on you. So in other words, I should not show interest in my wife. I'm not saying that. Right. Can, can, and that's and that's what can, I'm can trying I to read get the to. quote. Hold on. And that's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> Remove the word flirtation for a second, because I don't want people to no. leave confused here. Remove the word flirtation. We got to okay, call it by its it. name, brother. No, 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 no. Remove it for a second because we're we're using two different different definitions. Right. I think and that's it is what's not happening. fair. It I think, is not I fair think for people. I think we're we're kind of we're kind of let me let me say the end all be all right here. Sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. This is the end all be all, I think, right? And and this is across the board. What we can take as the foundation of what how what we should be and this is even in in the marriage sure. it says the idea of this is ellen white the ideas of courtship have their foundation in erroneous ideas concerning marriage they follow impulse and blind passion the courtship is carried on in a spirit of flirtation stop there of course you guys would say that's the uh, the flirtation that we're all against right Correct. but then we look at what it just says it says the parties frequently violate the rules of modesty and reserve uh, the, the parties frequently violate the rules of modesty and reserve and are guilty of indiscretion if they do not break the law of God. It says the high, noble, lofty design of God in the institution of marriage is not discerned. Therefore, the purest affections of the heart and the noblest traits of character are not developed. Now, this is what I'm talking about right here. Not one word should be spoken, not one action performed that you would not be willing the holy angels should look upon and register in the books above. You should have an eye single to the glory of God. The heart should have only pure sanctified affection worthy of the followers of Jesus Christ. That is Perfect. what I would lay as my foundation. If there is something that you are not willing to say, if God was present, if the holy angels were present here, that's where we cross the line. Perfect. And I would tell you that me telling exactly. my wife and, and me telling my wife, I love you. I find you attractive. I find you beautiful. I don't think I have an issue saying that before God or the holy angels. Also, okay. any, any sexual and I wouldn't, advance. And I wouldn't say that. Hold on. Clarity, but. Hold on. Hold on. And, and by the way, any sexual advance within the marriage as well, obviously within its boundaries, because there are things that, that, you of know, we, we know of that course. should not be happening, but, exactly. but, but, but let's just speak about the simple definition of sex, even a sexual advance. I have no problem looking up at God and saying, that's fine because sure, either sure. we, either we agree with the fact that God gave uh, no. sex as a gift Agreed. to marriage or not. And so that's what I'm saying. If we remove the word flirting, I think that's what makes this the question even a question, right? Because the word flirting now in the year 2020 has numerous different applications. But when we talk about musing with someone, toying with someone's emotions, mm -hmm. that is evil in the eyes of God. It is evil in the eyes of God because that is never what God would do. But allow me to say that in scripture, the bride of Christ is adorned to to perfection, to attractiveness, right? That is how scripture, to present her unblemished, right? And so the idea that you cannot show interest in someone, I, 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 don't, I don't think, but, but I think, Andrew, you would agree with that too, right? You, you can show interest in someone, yeah. but there has to be commitment. We're talking yeah. about the same I, thing. I think there has to be a line that has to be drawn 
right? And and I think that um, I just want to read one more, one more, if I can, before it says, it says sure. that this disposition will reveal itself in the married life. The marriage relation does not always make the fickle mind firm, the wavering steadfast and true principle. They tire of constancy and unholy thoughts will manifest themselves in unholy actions. How essential is it then that the youth so gird up the loins of their mind and guard their conduct that Satan cannot beguile them from the path of uprightness? I think this leads into the next question. Can we kiss? Can we hold hands? What is the extent? What can we do in a relationship? Here's, here's the oh, problem. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. we get there, <laughs> I want to give my point of view on this. Sorry, Both of you are speaking from a married level. Both of you are already married. Me, I'm not there yet. Yet. All right, guys. What's wrong so, with you, brother? When, What's wrong with you? Come on, yet, man. Get there. Yet. Yet. <laughs> but when, like, at least in my case, when, when I got to meet Priscilla, I just had to let her know that she was beautiful. And to me, that was flirting with her. Like, dude, I got to let her know that, like, I'm, I'm attracted to her. And then, like, I want to get to know her. Like, that was, to me, that was me flirting. Like, talking to her on the phone. Like, yeah, like, I, like, I think you're beautiful. Like, and like every single, like even up to today, like every time I see her, I'm like, dude, she's beautiful. And that like, I got to let her know. And that's me flirting with her. I find no problem with that. Yeah. Like, I really don't think, like, I don't think there's a problem with that. But now, like Andrew was saying, and Mitch was saying it as well. If you're going into it, doing, doing sexual advances in your flirtation, that's the problem right there. But, uh, that's but where the problem is that. Right. But when you, when there is no serious interest in there, because sexual advances within a marriage, God yeah, within the marriage. Yeah, exactly. But that, but like we were saying, we we as Christians believe that sex is specifically saved for marriage. So like, yeah. I find it, if you're doing sexual advances like that, flirting sexually, when you're already married, go for it by all means. If, if, if that's what it's meant for. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, well, well, and uh, <laughs> well, sorry. well, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Look, I just, I just wanted so to say sexual advances that you would be able to do in front of God. For sure, for sure. And again, it's it's like uh, Isaura is saying, doesn't the book of Songs of Solomon uh, talk about this? Sure, Does that sure. mean that that book is disrespectful to God? No, it's not, because it's spoken within the context of a marriage. Mm -hmm. By the way, just so you guys know, Chris Lopez says that there should be no premarital eye contact, okay? Oh, no hey, we should talk about that. Let's let's talk about that. What can what what can we do? What is the extent? Yes, yes, hey, okay. So, what yes. can we get away with, what some people say? Yes, yes. Those are all great questions. And we've received a number of Ivan, a part two, Jesse, a part two, Isaura, part two. Do we Chris, have time for Chris, this part, part two? <laughs> we don't have time for any more of these questions. And I think those are excellent, excellent questions. Um, by, by the way, nobody be scared. Uh, Andrew and, and myself, we always go back and forth on a bunch of things. What? Oh, no. People think that we're serious? I, I have no I idea, know. but just in case. This, oh, this okay. even happens. The back and forth happens between the three of us. Oh, or yeah, for, sure. for this for sure so you guys are like we, brothers we put it as an advantage because yeah. that's us build for these i don't get offended he doesn't get offended <laughs> yes yeah no for sure and you know i, I love i love andrew honestly I, I really appreciate our conversations so here's the thing all right we we got to end because in seven minutes they got to use the channel um another so, channel yeah <laughs> we're gonna meet no, up on another no, yeah. we're we're what we're gonna do if it's okay with jason if it's okay with andrew it's okay with me, but I want to get a commitment from someone that's not normally part of our conversation. Ooh, we get a commitment there we go. from Angie. If it's okay with Angie. A part two. Live, a live commitment before okay. the Lord. 
Yes, yes. And please, and please, at this moment, let us know if you are in favor of part two. We only got like four people saying part two, but I think we should have another one because I think there are more questions. We still need to talk about finding the right person. Uh, we still need to talk about other aspects of, of, uh, of courtship, like what Andrew was talking about, the physical contact, right? Things like that. I think that's all important. Um, but so what say you? Can we have a part two? Oh, where's the where's the Bible? Put your, put your hand on the Bible. I think it's fine. Yes. Look at that. I just have to make arrangements for my for for the kids. So. Look at that. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We need we need a part two. We got some other people saying that. So yeah, we do got to wrap it up. Thank, that, thank you guys yes. for inviting me though. This was fun. It's uh it's uh nice to kind of see what happens behind the other side and not you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a fan and I watch you guys and sometimes put comments on there. So it's nice to kind of get the other side of the of the camera. Yes, yes, nice. yes. And look, yeah, we're definitely getting a, a lot more part two. So next week, yoked part two. Oh, part, man. part two. Here we go. <laughs> and the questions I think are gonna get only more difficult oh, than that. Uh, please, please, I just want to do a quick shout out here. Uh, thank you for everybody that joined us. Uh, um, Jason, very quickly, because I think this would be a good opportunity. If you have questions on this topic, what can they do to let us know, Jason? Very easy, guys. We, we, we say it every single time. Hit us up on Instagram. Our Instagram has our email, has our DM. Every single way that you want to contact us, it's on Instagram. And the Instagram is keep calm advent on all right at keep calm advent on we we took uh we took out the little word uh between both of those phrases but sure. it's keep calm advent on even if you want a t-shirt um this week i'm going to be posting the t-shirts that we already yes. gave out right, right. i i like them even better now that i've seen them right. on somebody else so you if go. you guys want one let us know let us know the size I am committed to have one next week. I got to have There we go. We're, I'm we're committed to having Hey, we're going to have the crew. We're going to have the whole crew. Even Angie's going to have one next week. Hey, there we go. We're going to have Angie with one next that's, week. That's how we're going to get her back. She don't there get the t-shirt oh. unless she comes back. Yes. yes. Yeah, guys, All right. Well, okay, got to wrap it up. Any comments, even any topics that you guys want to talk about, either if you don't do it here in the live chat, you want to do it a little bit more personal, hit us up on our Instagram. Send us a direct Absolutely. message. Send us an email. However it is that you want to reach out to us, but reach out to us. Absolutely. Well, look, let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Got to wrap this up. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to have this conversation. Um, very, very uh, interesting conversation, uh, a complicated conversation at times because relationships are difficult. But we thank you for your word. We thank you for the counsel and the spirit of prophecy and the things that guide us to the right principles, to the right course of action. Please bless every single one of the viewers that we had today. Bless our young people as well uh, in, in this topic specifically. And just uh, be with us for the rest of the Sabbath and the end of this week. We thank you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Uh, so again, thank you to everyone. We got to wrap it up. Five words for you. Keep calm and Advent on. Hopefully you guys get some shirts. We're going to have our shirts. Andrew has a shirt. Jason can let you know how to get a shirt. Uh, the shirts aren't even the important part. It's the message. Keep calm. Advent on. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless, guys.